say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the great Savings again. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. What is up, everybody? Here on this Wednesday, this is, you know, setting aside our specialty coverage tomorrow for the bowl game. This is our last daily show of 2022. Pour some out. Orange Nation and X both off this week. Uh, We got the Duke's Mayo Bowl. It's zesty. On Friday, zingy. I don't know, tangy? I'm not sure what they prefer. They're going to dump mayo on the winning coach. I know that. But we got that on our airwaves on Friday. We got bowl coverage tomorrow. Axe pregame at noon. I got postgame for you. Jordan will be here. QSportsTalk.com in between for a watch party. So we got you covered on that tomorrow. But, uh, you know, for your your standard uh, sports talk afternoon, this is the final one of uh, 2022 on these airwaves. We'll be back with you uh, not Monday but Tuesday. Bowl game coverage coming on uh, Monday. There are zero bowl games on New Year's Day. You want to know how dominant the National Football League is? You know, when those of a certain age, a.k.a. anybody over 20-something, I guess, were growing up, like the day for bowl games was New Year's Day. Like, even once it started uh, sprawling a bit, like, the day for bowl games was New Year's Day. You had, you know, a few going on early in the day, like the Outback Bowl and maybe the Gator Bowl, and, you know, a few others were going on. Then then you got, in, you know, your Cotton Bowl, your Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl, and the Orange Bowl, and all that good stuff got going on. This Sunday, January the 1st, 2023, the amount of college football games that will be played is zero. And we're all going to be watching football anyway because of the National Football uh, League. But uh, that is neither here nor there today. We're here to talk about one football game today, and it's uh, not the games being played on uh, Sunday. It's not the games being played on uh, Monday. January 2nd is kind of the day that is housing your standard non-playoff Jan 1 bowl games this year. The semifinals are, and, you know, they kept saying, oh, we're not going to do this anymore, except for all the times we're going to do this. Once again, the semifinals are on New Year's Eve, much to the bane of everyone on Earth's existence. Stop it. Quit it. Stop it. Nobody likes it. Stop it. But anyway, we're here to talk about one football game. It's not any of them. It is the Pinstripe Bowl, which is tomorrow, kicking off at 2 o'clock in Yankee Stadium. Uh, at 2.30 today, here's our guest lineup. Uh, they'll all be at the Pinstripe Bowl tomorrow. Some of them may be there right now. Not at the bowl, but at the stadium. Uh, Mario Sacco was en route. Perhaps he's arrived. He'll be joining us uh, with an update from the Bronx with his evening activities. Should Mario go to Broadway tonight? That is the question that he has been pondering today. And what side job does he need to pick up between now and then to afford a ticket to Broadway tonight. We learned earlier today, uh, the Music Man, the the redo with Hugh Jackman that has uh, been done to uh, much critical praise. Single ticket for this evening, $250. So I don't, I don't know if Mario's going to see the Music Man. 
uh, tonight. So we'll see if he's made any decisions on that by 2.30. Uh, we'll see what uh, the sights and sounds are from his view at Yankee Stadium. And we'll get the six-pack. Back-to-back Wednesday, six-packs. We'll see what's in store. Mario going NFL, looks like, uh, this week. We'll also have the man who sort of knows his picks coming up at the end of this first hour. At 3 o'clock, we heard his broadcast partner yesterday, Roddy Jones. We'll be hearing from West Durham. We'll have the call tomorrow on ESPN. That's at 3 and friend of the show, Adam Terry. They're all friends of the show. We bother all three of them incessantly. Adam Terry will be on at 3.30. There's the show. That's the show. And before we get into the bowl game, I I must make note of this. It's inordinately cold in the studio today, and I have zero idea why. Like I feel like the temperature of this building is kept the same at basically all times. It wavers essentially, for the most part, by one degree. It is freezing in here today, and it's not like the coldest day in the world outside. So uh, if anyone can explain why it's cold in here right now, uh, we can figure that out by the end of the show. But it's, uh, it's a wee bit chilly, much as it will be tomorrow at the game. It's not going to be like the first two pinstripe bowls where one of them, the first one, they had to uh, shovel all of the snow out of the way the night before the game. And then the second one, uh, you know, the indelible scene in my mind of pinstripe bowl two that the Orange were in, a.k.a. the third pinstripe ball, was Mackie McPherson shirtless doing snow angels on the field before the start of the game, you know, coming out for warm-ups about two hours prior. That was a nice, light, fluffy pregame snow before the Orange just absolutely blasted West Virginia, who wanted uh, zero to do with uh, New York, the pinstripe ball, or anything involving fluffy white snow. Mackie embraced it, and the Orange crushed him. Like, if a mobile sports betting uh, on Syracuse in New York State was legal at that time, like, if you saw Mackey doing a snow angel on the field in 2022, that would have been like a bet-the-house moment. Because all of the West Virginia players and Dana Holgerson looked miserable. All caps. But we're looking forward to it. Third time down in the pinstripe bowl for the Orange. And I've kind of always said that. Like, if Syracuse is consistently going to bowl games... Maybe not every year, but say, say they're going to four bowl games in five years. Is that realistic based on recent history? Maybe not. But that that is where I think we all kind of hope the program to be, that you're going to bowl games more often than not. Well, the, the pinstripe bowl, based on the ACC bowl rotation and this and that, it feels like one that if you're Syracuse, like if you're going all the time, that you should be in maybe once a rotation of a class through, you know, once every five years or so. So, oh, it's the pinstripe bowl again. Well, it's the third time the Orange have been in the pinstripe bowl in five bowl appearances, but this is now going back 12 years, have not been in this bowl game in a decade. So it's been a while. Nobody that is uh, on, you know, the immediate staff or any of the players or the coaches or any of that, and none of them have done all this before. We'll, we'll hear a bit from Dino Babers on that uh, coming up in, mm, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so. So there's lots to see, lots to do. New York City, Christmas time, holiday season. You know, pick pick your favorite trope. Anything involving New York in this time of the year, it's been in a movie. Like go go watch Home Alone two. You can you can figure out the plot of what these guys have been doing this week, save for having to hit somebody with a paint can. And yet tomorrow at two o'clock, two teams are going to hit the field, and they're going to play football. And here we go. We're going to have a football game tomorrow. That's going to be decided based on football things. None of this other stuff. 
that's not going to be decided on the transfer portal. It's not going to be decided on uh, your recruiting class. It's not going to be decided on the coaches. It's going to be decided on who's actually on the roster tomorrow, who's actually coaching the teams tomorrow, and who's playing in the game tomorrow. So why don't we actually talk about that? Maybe once. Maybe once before it gets going. Maybe for this one day. One day, one day only. We will talk about this football game as a football game. Because bowl games are, we said this yesterday, bowl games are not solely football games. They never have been. And certainly today, they are even less so than always. I mean, it used to be, oh, you know, there's parade, Rose Parade. There's parades. There's this. There's that. Okay, there's a football game. But the football game used to really, really matter. Now the football game, or at least the result of the football game, let's put it that way, matters less. These bowl games matter to ESPN as television programming, as serious volume tonnage that makes them a lot of money this time of year. The bowl games matter to, you know, fan bases as, okay, do we want to travel to this game or not? They matter to some players as like a capper to the career. Like Eric Dungey in that group back in 2018 at the Champ Sports now Cheese It Bowl. Just had some Cheez Its for lunch, incidentally. Delicious as always. They matter to, you know, some players of trying to gain a foothold toward next year. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in this game tomorrow from the orange side. So what do we got? Jason Beck's calling the place. And running the plays, Garrett Schrader. But I, I am excited to see what what's Garrett look like. Play one. Play two. Play three. Opening drive. Mobility. Does Garrett look mobility-wise like he did September and October when the Orange were 6-0? and Like he did in the first half of the Clemson game when the Orange were 6-0 and on the road in Death Valley with a 10-point lead? Does he look like that? Has the injury healed? He talked about the injury a little bit last week, uh, alluded to it as a foot injury. We always knew his foot, ankle, whatever it was, that it was severely hampering his mobility for about a month of the season, and then at the end of the season, it was still, at minimum, moderately hampering his mobility. He could not run with the speed and elusiveness as he could at the opening part of the season. Well, the Orange, who are double-digit dogs tomorrow, against a pretty good but not unbeatable Minnesota team. If they're going to beat him, they need Garrett Schrader to look like the Garrett Schrader we saw to open this season. Garrett Schrader with his legs, which sets up Garrett Schrader with his arm. And I think we'll know early. Like, if he is to the health level, think back to the opening part of the season. How often did the Orange go down on opening drives and look real good? Like, oh, this team's here to play today. Let's see if the Orange, you know... Get the ball to start the game. They they start the the games with the ball almost every game because uh, they're a win the toss take the ball kind of team, and most teams out there now are win the toss and defer. So the Orange uh, very likely will start the game with the ball tomorrow. Can they just motor right down the field behind the arm and the legs of Garrett Schrader and score? I'm excited to see LaQuint Allen. The guy had moments this year, did he not? He didn't have a lot of moments. He wasn't on the field a lot. Sean Tucker was on the field a lot. Why? Why not? He's Sean Tucker. Of course he's on the field a lot. Well, Sean's going to be there, but he ain't going to be wearing a uniform. He's opted out. 1,000 yards, second straight season, opted out. So we're going to see LaQuint Allen. He had moments. He has wheels. Straight line speed. 
eye test says might be faster than Sean. Now, let's not go crazy. Is he a better bank than Sean Tucker today or tomorrow? No, he's not. But that doesn't mean he can't get there or can't be a really good college back because I, I think he showed some things. Now, tomorrow he's going to handle the load. What does LaQuint look like with 10, 15, 20 touches? What does he look like getting fed like Sean Tucker gets fed? I think that's going to be fun to see both in the Orange having a chance to win the game and with the idea of looking forward to next year because at least as we stand today right now, he's your starting running back for next year. He won't have the aid of Matthew Bergeron at left tackle. He's opted out of the bowl game. He's going to get ready for the senior bowl and the combine and the NFL draft and all that great stuff, and we wish Matthew the best. As it sits right now, I don't want to say probably, but he's going to be right there to be the first orange picked in the draft. I'd say without the injury, it was going to be Garrett Williams. You toss in the ACL, and mm, not quite sure how that's going to sort out, but uh, if you tell me Matthew Bergeron is the first orange name called in the NFL draft this year, it's not going to be surprising. So we'll see how the orange young guys feeling around that. What have they done over the course of the last month of you know, likely knowing he wasn't going to play and then officially knowing he wasn't going to play. Are there any different looks on that line than we saw, you know, in the the moments that Bergeron was out during the season now that you have the month to get ready? Michael Jones. Like we've spotted him practicing. We've watched, we've zapruded it. Is he going to play? We, we haven't heard that officially that he's going to play. Is he going to play? And if so... Well, let's take some time to appreciate what will be the final collegiate game of Mike Hill-Jones because, my goodness, he has left it on the field for the last four years. So, I'm assuming he's going to play. We don't, like, the words have not been spoken out loud. So, let's uh, let's appreciate Mike Hill one way or the other uh, tomorrow on the field. And then there's the secondary. Who's there? Who's playing? Say, so regardless of the injuries and all that stuff, uh, all year long, the Orange had Deuce Chestnut. He was a constant. Missed a few plays, but never significant chunks of time uh, with injury. So we'll get to see Deuce out there. Jihad Carter, my goodness. You know, to me, before this year, Jihad, you know, he's good, but he was kind of just a guy. But boy, boy, did he crank up his game about a month into this season. He was outstanding until the late season injury. But he's gone into the portal. Neither Deuce nor Jihad have exited the portal as of yet. Garrett Williams, obviously not playing, is officially declared for the draft and still out and rehabbing from the ACL injury. So looking forward to that. And then the other side, can the Orange stop Muhammad Ibrahim? Here's a guy, 60-year college guy. He's been around for a long, long time. Just had his third 1,000-yard season. His first was back in 2018. He had a normal redshirt in 2017, you know, the COVID year. He had a medical redshirt. Like, he's been around for a minute. But he's sitting on 1,596 yards. The dude was an absolute stud this year. Can the Orange stop him? Injuries, we know this, have slowed down the defense for basically the entire second half of the season. Can they stop Ibrahim tomorrow? If, yes, or if they can slow him down, at least a little. So the Orange have a decent chance of winning the game. But we'll see. I mean, the Orange are double-digit dogs for a reason. <laughs> you talk about uh, who's there and who's not. Tucker not. Ibrahim, yes. 
And that could be a big thing uh, about the game tomorrow. Let's go to the phones. Phone line's always open at 437-7644. Greg in Fayetteville is with us. Greg, welcome in today. How are you doing? Hi. Good segment into this. Uh, all year long, all these uh, players have been saying we want to get to a bowl. We want to get to a bowl. And our, you know, even when we're 6-0, and uh, want to get to a bowl. And then we get to a bowl, and they don't play in the bowl. And it's, it's sort of confusing. Uh, I would have liked to have gone down, but um, I don't want to go down because Sean Tucker's not there. You know, Williams is not there. Uh, it'd be interesting to see the younger players, but, you know, all year long you, you strive to get to a bowl, and then when you get there you, you stay home. I, I just don't get it. You know, yeah, Greg, you make an interesting point there, and uh, uh, thanks for the call. And I, I do wonder how many people are making uh, similar decisions to Greg because I think so much now the the getting to a bowl game is more the idea of we want to get to a bowl and qualify for a bowl, and less so we want to play in a bowl. And Greg raises an interesting point because here we are, we sit in Syracuse. Like, if you wanted to drive down, you can make a day trip of it. You could do it without staying over if you really felt like it. You could drive down in the morning. You could get up. You wouldn't even have to leave like stupid early to get there in time for the game. You know, watch the game. I mean, you could be down and back. You could be back home certainly before midnight. Like if you wanted to do a down and back from the Q's and go check it out. But, you know, Greg brings up an interesting point. Like I, I, I'd imagine Greg will watch the game on his couch tomorrow. But like you to go all that way. Without Sean Tucker there, without those guys there, it is interesting because uh, you know the dynamics of bowl season has changed so much over the years. So much so that me saying bowl season, I may have just been charged. I don't know. Like the the actual term bowl season is now like a thing with like people and a staff. It's not just oh we've arrived at bowl season or the bowls are now. No, it, it is it is copyright bowl season. But it's very different because you're right. Like the whole goal, we got to make a bowl, make a bowl, make a bowl, make a bowl. We're in the bowl. Who wants to go? Eh, well, we made it. You going to play? Nah. Why not? Uh, The draft, I'm transferring, this, that. So I, I think the rallying cry so much is make a bowl. And then when it comes to playing in the bowl, and that's why, you know, we talk about wagering a lot on this show, and we've had a lot of people on talking about, you know, bowl season wagering, and it's maybe the hardest thing to figure out in advance. Like, if you can figure out which team actually wants to be there, I'd say more often than not, they're winning the game. Because so much of the talk is everyone wants to make the bowl. Who wants to play in the bowl? And that's what we're going to see tomorrow. Like, we already know who's not going to play in the bowl, but my feeling is that the Orange players that are in attendance and actually are going to play in the bowl tomorrow... Like, they're going to go for it. I mentioned that pinstripe bowl 10 years ago. That West Virginia team was really good. Geno Smith, really good. That was a very good football team that had zero interest in playing in that game. And that was evident the entire week there. I think I told this story here before. There was like an event at Yankee Stadium a couple nights before the game for both teams, a dinner and, you know, speeches and whatnot. And it very specifically in the invitation said coat and tie or something to that effect. And, you know, Marone suited up. The whole orange team suited up the whole thing. West Virginia comes in. Dana Holgerson's in jeans and West Virginia's in warm-up suits. The game was over already. 
and it didn't kick off for like a day and a half. The game was over. Now, I don't get the sense from either team that's the case. Now, are there individuals out of it? Absolutely. But you look at Minnesota, Ibrahim, to me, feels like, in many ways, Dungy for the Orange back in 2018. Like, that game meant a lot. Veterans that have been through it and had great moments in their career that it finally all came together the senior season. Like, I realized one's a quarterback, one's a running back. It feels very similar. Like, this guy, who in theory has an NFL future, six years in, he's not opted out. He wants to go. And I get the sense that the Orange players that are there, they want to play hard. Are there enough of them? Are there enough of the guys there? That we don't know. We'll see when the game starts tomorrow, but we'll be interesting. With that, we'll take a break. Much more to come when we come back. Mario Sacco, 2.30, West Durham, 3 o'clock. Adam Terry, 3.30. We're talking pinstripe bowl today here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am, back here. It's our, it's our final show of 2022. I should have gotten Auld Lang Syne ready for this, but, you know, I had the thought the other day. I needed to do it today, but I didn't have the thought today. And who can remember things they think about the other day? Anywho, let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phone, see what people are talking about. Uh, Scooter's with us. Hey, Scoot, how you doing? Good. Hey, there's inquiring minds want to know if Afani was the head coach in the Mayo Bowl, <laughs> would he take the game so, so the Mayo won't be dropped on him since he's got a, a phobia about Mayo? What do you think he would, he would just... He would just tank it. And- uh, yeah, I think, Scooter, that would be the easiest bet of all time. You'd bet money line <laughs> on the other team and just spend the money before the game. <laughs> Either that or he'd win it and he'd have to sprint out of the state like he'd be running from the cops to get away from the mail. Well, I don't know if you saw it last year. It's not just dumping Gatorade. They actually got a ceremony for it. It was no, the funniest thing. It's like it's a separate like, room. And like, in the yeah. mail, like, it takes a second to like glob out of the container. So <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's just, I, I don't know what it was coming, but I, I kept thinking that uh, scene from Nick Gunn uh, when, when, when uh, Leslie Nielsen and Priscilla Presley are going to be intimate, and they said they practice safe sex, and they're all got saran wrap around them. <laughs> I mean, it was, I go, what's going on here? They got the coach in a bubble, and all of a sudden they dump it. I was like, what's going on? I was, it, was, it was interesting. Let's put it that way, but I just thought of a funny. That, I go, there's no way he's going he's gonna to get an assistant coach if he's the head coach in that game. Uh, Syracuse is interesting it's from the standpoint, your previous caller kind of stole my thunder. I don't understand when you got goals and then you just don't want to. I mean, that it's. I'm. I'm really waiting. And you saw this year. There's three Tyson Trophy quarterbacks possible of the, of three of the four uh, big you know, the big games. You know the you know, the championship. And one of these quarterbacks uh, opts out one of these years. That's going to be interesting if it actually affects the major ones. You know, when you're playing for the championship, but someone gets in your ear and says, "Well, you're making two million dollars." On the INS, what's you know who who cares if you win the championship in college? And I'm just kind of waiting for that, that you know that, that shoe to drop because when that happens, it'll be interesting. I would say this to keep people from uh, uh, if I if I sign someone to an INS contract, uh, maybe I sign it in good writing and say you know if you don't play in the bowl game, maybe you know, maybe you owe me the money back because that's the big publicity if that's what you're doing. I mean, I mean I've seen the uh, Schrader's. Uh, 
uh, commercial uh, doing doing used cars all over mm-hmm. the lot, and I think this is the big thing because now people are paying attention to, to 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 the football team. And if he decide to opt out, that say, hey man, I'm paying you all year to get publicity. This is the biggest one. If you don't play, you owe me the money back. So I don't know that the possibility that could be done that way, but. The game itself, it's, we'll know, I think, in the first two or three drives if it's going to be like Notre Dame, if they control the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm hoping that the Clemson game took a lot out of Syracuse for the Notre Dame game, that we've had a month of rest. Maybe we're, you know, we can be more physical that way, where I, you know, we've kind of beat up going into that game. And I'm hoping that's what happened, too, is we were just played a couple of physical games in a row, and now we've had a month off, so maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we were a little more healthier now we can some guys on a line of scrimmage that we'll find out this other quarterback can throw the ball. Cause I thought Minnesota was like, you know, big old school, three yards in the cloud of dust. And I thought if you can stop the run, you can force them to pass. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And uh, thanks as always for the, the call scooter and a, a happy new year to you. Uh, that, uh, you know, how, how's it going to go tomorrow? I think so much is going to be on the, you know, the orange offense early. I think the defense is rested up. We'll see how it goes, but you know, can Garrett Schrader motor down the field, uh, tomorrow, can they score the opening drive show like they're in it, like uh, they're in it for the game tomorrow? Let, let's get back to the line. Here is uh, Tom in Syracuse. Tom, welcome in today. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? I had a problem here in the show, so hopefully I'm not repeating what other people were saying. But uh, a couple of callers ago, the uh, gentleman was saying that uh, he was disappointed that some of our star players aren't going to make it down to the game tomorrow. But not only are we going to be missing players, but... Both our coordinators won't be there. So um, you can't put all, all this on the players for opting out, trying to stay healthy for the combines and the draft. I mean, this whole mess started because administrators, athletic directors, and coaches were able to move freely whenever they wanted, and the players weren't. Yeah. So that's so, if, you know, you can't put it all on the players. I mean, coaches are the ones that started this decades ago. And it wasn't fair what was going on. It was all one-sided. I mean, this is a billion-dollar business, and um, players weren't getting anything out of this, and they finally made a stand. The court sided with them, so you can't put it all on that. Actually, it's agreed from all the people that I just mentioned that college athletics are in this um, in this mess right now, and they don't know how to handle it, and it's only going to get worse. Three-star programs like Syracuse and Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, you can see them getting hurt by all this because not only were they not losing recruits to the to, to the power teams and conferences, now our three-star players that turn into five-star players and All-Americans are getting poached by the Alabamas, the USC's, and the Notre Dame's. Oh, you're you're absolutely right, Tom, and uh, thanks for the call here. That it's a whole new world, and I don't think anybody really has a, a full grip on how to handle it yet. And uh, the NCAA, NCAA has basically thrown up his hands and said, um, "Figure it out amongst yourselves. We're not we're not we don't get paid enough for that, even though the people in charge of it get paid um, enough for anything." And as it is, like the NCAA is only there because the schools itself put them there. So uh, whether people want to admit it or not, like, uh, you know, everyone's bought into it, even though it is kind of ridiculous uh, right now. And that said, despite all that, you know, we're all going to sit down and watch the game uh, tomorrow. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a guy that's going to be at the game tomorrow. Will Mario be properly dressed? What will he do tonight? And what's in the six pack? 
all pertinent questions that we'll be asking when we come back today. It's the 315. Glad to have you here on a wrap-up show of 2022. Back after this is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you. That it is. Back on the program here. Working our way through our final show of 2022. Full bowl coverage tomorrow. We'll be with you uh, all afternoon uh, tomorrow. X with the pregame uh, noon to 2. Watch party. QSportsTalk.com exclusive. QSportsTalk.com he said exclusive. Jordan will be here. He'll be watching. I might wander in and out. I might watch. I might uh, aid in the watching. We'll see. And then I'll uh, I'll more than aid in uh, the post-gaming, because we'll have that going uh, after the game. I don't know, 5.30, 6-ish. I, these bowl games, they, they sometimes tend to take a minute. Uh, somebody will be able to watch his coverage over on uh, News Channel 9 from down in the Bronx. Um, as, uh, did we lose Murray? Do we have Murray? I was about to bring in Murray. I don't think we have Murray. I was just set to introduce Mario, and um, he's not there. We've lost Mario. So we'll... We'll try to find Mario. Well, that's disappointing. I have his six-pack. Should I share it? Is that wrong? Is that wrong of me? We'll give him a we'll give him a second to uh, locate him. Maybe he's got bad cell service down in the Bronx. The buildings are tall. Sometimes the uh, city cell service can be a bit wonky. I don't know what kind of uh, towers and uh, stick he's looking to bounce off of to get the cell signal. He was on his way. Uh, down to New York this morning to get down there and head on over to Yankee Stadium and cover the ball game and uh, all that good stuff. But we're we're searching for Mario. Is he with Bobby Fisher? He was searched for. How long shall we talk about where Mario may or may not be? I can tell you what else we have coming up on the, uh, the show today. Wes Durham will be joining us, perhaps also. From uh, Yankee Stadium. He's got to get ready for the the bowl game uh, tomorrow. And uh, that'll be at three. And then Adam Terry. He may also be at Yankee Stadium. Or not. I don't, I don't know where he is. He's down there somewhere getting ready for the game tomorrow. Adam will join us at 3.30. So what we're going to do here is uh, we'll try to find Mario in a little bit. But while we are waiting to find Mario, instead of spilling his picks, which I do have here in my grubby little paws, I also have the man who sort of knows picks. One three and one last week for the man who sort of knows. We'll see if he can get back track on it. It's an extended week. Pick stretching from today all the way till Monday using the full breadth of this holiday time to get picks in. So uh, right now, let's see what uh, the man who sort of knows thinks he may know this week. Could we have the money now? The answer is no. I'm afraid I must insist. I'm telling you, it's a lock. But it rained last night. Exactly. What if there was a restaurant that didn't serve any food and just served up gambling? This horse loves the slop. It's his bloodlines. I thought gambling was illegal. 
<laughs> Not if no one sees you do it. Father was a mother. His mother was a mother. His mother was a mother? No, I think it still is. But not if no one knows about it. I didn't know you know how to play poker, Lois. Yeah. Well, how you doing? Yeah. That's good, honey. Guaranteed bets. The man is a gambler. Results not guaranteed. Pay that man his money. It's the man who sort of knows. All right, here's what the man who sort of knows thinks he knows this week. We've got stuff today, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And maybe maybe a little bit tomorrow. Like, not officially tomorrow. But if you're, you know, across state lines, maybe maybe then you can uh, have well, just a little taste of the man who sort of knows uh, tomorrow. But let's start with a couple of games today. We will... Start on the hardwood, SEC basketball. Kentucky, minus two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Missouri. Here's the numbers you need to know in that game. Kentucky is seventh in the country in offensive rebounding rate. Missouri is 347th in the country in offensive rebounding rate. You know what that means? Like, Kentucky is going to get the ball all the time. Why? They have the reigning defending national player of the year and man who gets all the rebounds in Oscar Shibway. Shibway is going to get a ton of boards tonight. Kentucky is going to cover the two and a half on the road at Missouri. Also today, late night, San Diego, the Holiday Bowl. It is Oregon. It is North Carolina. The forecast says points. The total is 75 in the game. But North Carolina, no Josh Downs, their leading receiver. Phil Longo, their offensive coordinator, has moved on to Wisconsin. Oregon, also without its offensive coordinator. Both teams do have their star quarterbacks, though. Points or no points? Does it come down to this? The game's at Petco Park, the home of Pauly's San Diego Padres, a notorious pitcher's park. Does that work in football as well? The man that sort of knows says 75 is an awful lot of points with all of those factors added in. He's taking the under in the Holiday Bowl tonight in San Diego. Orange Bowl is on Friday. Clemson, four-and-a-half-point favorites versus Tennessee. Two teams wearing a lot of orange. Cade Klubnik, the two freshman, true freshman quarterback from Texas, making his first career start. His parents couldn't get a flight. They're driving 20 hours from Texas to Orlando. To Miami, rather. They're going to get to Orlando and keep going. Tennessee, their quarterback, Hendon Hooker, is out injured. Their star-wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt, and others have opted out for the draft. It's all setting up for Clemson to win and comfortably, says the man who sort of knows. NBA Saturday night. The Charlotte Hornets are hosting the Brooklyn Nets. You say, why might I care about that game? Because the Charlotte Hornets can't stop opposing centers from rebounding. Nick Claxton is the starting center for the Nets. His over-under for rebounds is normally 7.5. It's not posted yet, but keep an eye out. The man who sort of knows says, take the over because centers versus the Hornets have gone over their number in 15 of the last 18 games. In the National Football League on Sunday, the Niners and the Raiders are taking on each other in Las Vegas. Uh, This was not factored into the man who sort of knows thoughts that Derek Carr is not starting the game, uh, that he is being uh, benched in favor of failed Patriot backup Jarrett Stidham. But uh, the number in that game is 43-and-a-half. The man that sort of knows says, I don't care what the Raiders are doing. The Niners won't stop scoring. They've been north of 33 of the last four games. Overs are 5-and-1 in games played in Vegas this year. The man who sort of knows says, take the over in the Niners and the Raiders. And Monday, January 2nd, is the ReliQuest Bowl. I don't know what that bowl is or where it is. I think it's in Tampa. I have no idea what it used to be. But this year, it's Mississippi State as a one-point favorite versus Tommy DeVito's Illinois 
Illini. For Illinois, their stud running back, Chase Brown, who averaged sub-78 carries a game this year, has opted out. Their defensive coordinator of the number one scoring defense in the country, Ryan Walters, is now the head coach at Purdue. And we know what's going on with Mississippi State. They are playing this game in a stadium with a pirate ship for Mike Leach, who passed away, sadly, now about two weeks ago. Their new head coach is Zach Garnett, the one-time, one-week Orange defensive coordinator, the man who sort of knows, says, takes Mississippi State. And just an extra unofficial pick, the man that sort of knows says, plus 300 on the Orange to win tomorrow? Yeah, why not? Toss that one in as well. So, Kentucky covering at Missouri tonight. College hoops. Holiday Bowl. Take the under. Oregon and Carolina. Orange Bowl. Clemson blowing out Tennessee. NBA on Saturday. Nick Claxton, the center for the Nets, going over his rebounding total. NFL on Sunday. Niners and Raiders the over. Rely on Quest Bowl on Monday. Take Mississippi State to cover. And that is what the man who sort of knows, thinks he knows, this week. Take a break now. We'll talk to Mario when we get back. We found him. We have located Mario. Six pack next. West Durham three. And we'll get to Adam Terry at 3.30. Roll along after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.